Warning, this podcast contains no journalistic integrity. Welcome to the Gentleman's Soapbox. For all of the landmines we've stepped on in the past two weeks, for all of the political grenades we've we've juggled, for all the third rails we've grabbed to hold on, I think you might find it surprising that there was only one thing that has caused true outrage. One thing. One thing. Uh, we must be we must be doing pretty good then. Oh, wait till you figure out what it is. Because the <laughs> one thing that has drawn true outrage, that got an, an outraged email that was even titled, Sean was right. Oh, <laughs> it's bad when I'm right. <laughs> was this fact that I don't know how to play video games. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> Yes, our good friend Yepix has demanded that Sean take me and tutor me on video games. Oh, that is totally like when you show up here, whenever this is, I, we are going to fix that. OK, I don't care how long it takes. <laughs> that is bullshit. <laughs> I could Yepix for once for once you and I are in complete agreement, sir. Um, no, we are going to fix it because there is so much beautiful storytelling in video games that you are freaking missing right now that we are going to fix that problem. We're, we're going to fix it. And I know I have, I have ways to train you. Like we will, we will go out into the desert and you will come back a man, sir. Well, well, Yepix did send another email as well, and what this one was is had to do with our discussion about uh, the conflict in Ukraine at the moment, and it was a very long, involved, and uh, very good list of all of the terrible things that uh, the Ukraine has done to Russia, that Russia has done to Ukraine, and that we've done to Ukraine and to Russia, and... Um, basically suggesting that there are no good guys involved in this. And, I would totally agree with and him. And I would totally agree with him. But that was kind of, for lack of a better term, besides the point of my question from last week, which was w really what should our involvement be at this point? Uh, part of today's topic is going to be on the complete, total, utter incompetence of the United States federal government. Excuse me for this moment. <coughs> And with that level of incompetence, should we be involving ourselves in a conflict between two countries that we may have a few verbal handshake agreements with, but we have no treaty obligations to whatsoever? Why are we arrogant enough to be looking at ourselves as saying, this is all happening because we didn't stop it. It is our fault. N no. You know, that, that really, quite frankly, what all of these people should be worried about is, what does the United States think about it? Well, since the end of World War II, and since the formation of NATO, and since we have taking it upon ourselves to become a nuclear superpower, we seem to have it in our heads as a country uh, that we need to stick our nose in everybody's well, business. Well, NATO, for example. NATO is a treaty obligation that we have. If Russia, inv if anybody invades and takes advantage of a NATO country, it is our obligation to help stomp them. But that's not the last Ukraine. time I checked. Ukraine was not a NATO country. Exactly. Uh, now, I understand mutual defense agreements or the concept of them. Here's here, I'm going to say a couple of things. OK, and I don't know how much of this matters to or how much they interconnect. 
one, um, I have no problem with the Russian people. I have no problem with the Ukrainian people. I have no problem with the American people. I have problems with all three of their governments. Ours, the Ukraine's, Russian. Uh, our governments are out of control. Different reasons, different ways. But all three of our governments are out of control. Okay. Um, I totally agree with Yepix that um, we've all done just nasty crap to each other in different ways. Uh, and when I say we, I mean our government. Um, now, I will also say that um, I don't know how it's working exactly in Russia and in U- the Ukraine. Uh, I have suspicions on how it works, but uh, let me just put in front of us that in the country that I live in, um, we don't actually have a whole hell of a lot of control over what they do. Now, we may say we do. We may have this illusion that we do have some kind of say or or um, vast control over American foreign policy or uh, American domestic policy, for that matter. I do not believe that control and or uh, it, checks and balances exist anymore. I also don't think that uh, we have a tremendous amount. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of, of illusion that has been propagated with the amount of control we have here. Um, I suspect that in Russia and the Ukraine, it is even worse. Well, I, I don't think they have nearly as much of the illusion. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's not even like like here we have the illusion of transparency there. I don't even think it's the illusion of transparency. I think they know they're they're kind of screwed. Um, so I don't I guess the all that to say I don't blame the Russian or Ukrainian people for any of this situation right now. I have no wish to harm them or cause them ill or to cause any hardship in either one of those two countries. I think the people fighting this war that are have been grossly misled. I also think that the American people have been grossly misled by the media recently in thinking that, A, we know what the hell's going on over there. B, well, I, we, I don't think we been... know what's going on outside our front doors at this point. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that leads up to my point. Like, we don't know what's going on. We don't know the trigger points that have happened that that have brought us to this state. Not really. And we have no capacity to tell Ukraine and and Russia how to to live their lives and what's fair and what's not like. I don't think we have that for this conflict or those countries uh, either as a country or as a people, like, why the hell are we even in it? Like, NATO hasn't asked us for help. The Ukraine's not part of NATO. Russia definitely hasn't asked us for help. Um, we're at basically at Dragger's Draw and have been since the 50s with Russia. I don't think it should be that way. Um, personally, I... Every Russian I've ever met uh, here, uh, every Ukrainian here I've ever met have been lovely people. I don't have anything against them. But all three of our governments have got to chill the fuck out. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but I can tell you that it isn't the people I'm worried about. It's the crazy shit the governments are doing. And I don't know how to fix it because it's obvious we can't even control our own government much less theirs well the other part that we wanted to go to because you know and it's going to come down to a lot of the as i said just total utter incompetence of the united states government and going back farther than even this president and the previous one um because the other piece that i, I ended up getting from our Good buddy, Yepix. He always comes up with some wonderful topics. Um, was uh, 
American greed, or excuse me, corporate greed. Oh, there's something rich with. <laughs> it's well, a target-rich environment. It, it's a target-rich environment, but it's kind of one of those ones that kind of goes back into what are we, where where are we going and what are we doing about it? Because you know, our appropriate regulations for govern for corporations uh, are necessary. Yes. But do you trust our government to do that properly? I don't touch our government to tie its shoelaces but, properly. Like, but but even no. then, let, let's let's even take a little bit of a just a a brief, even just a brief walk down history lane when it comes to corporate greed and how our government responds to it. In two thousand and eight, we the the banks just up and took a shit because of their own irresponsibility and corporate greed watch the big short if you haven't and, uh, well let, let the, but we're going to take in a, a, a different start from this as to what was our government response to this we gave them several billion <laughs> dollars what did the companies do with that money they paid off all of the all of the ceo's golden parachutes they didn't prop up the businesses in any way, shape, or form, they didn't make the people who'd lost their money whole again. They gave bonuses to the CEOs. What was the government's response to this when the when the companies turned around and looked and said, "We need more"? They gave it to them. Yeah, they gave it to them. Yeah, every time. Now, which president did this? Obama. So it wasn't even you can't even turn around and blame this on the greedy corporate Republicans. It was the Democratic dream of a president that fucked this up. Oh, yeah. It wasn't W. It wasn't Trump. It was Obama that did that. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. It so, happened during his watch. So so you, you can't even point at. So my, my the point of all of that is, is you can't even turn around and point at one party or the other and say you're the one fucking us. No, it was it did happen on Republicans watch that the the programs that were set up to let the housing market and stuff do what it did. No, actually, was, you no, no, you, d- d- that's both because yeah, that was, that's that, what I'm saying. That, that's both. Like you can't be, because like you can't it, point it, to one side or the other. It started with Reagan and Bush one, yep. but that stuff went off the charts with Clinton. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. And then Bush, too, didn't, you know, just basically ignored it. And then Obama just gave him all a bunch of a couple billion dollars and said, go go play over there. Look, I, I have I have said many times that professional politicians have fucked this country because it doesn't matter. Like the rules don't apply to them. So why would they? Why would they take these corporations to task when it's those corporations that got them there and keep them there and pay for their their campaigns and pay for their lifestyle and and give them jobs after they leave office for doing a great job for the corporations? Why would they penalize them? You wouldn't. Well, They're part of the club. But 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 even then. So now we have outrage over corporate greed. I, how how can you blame the corporations for doing exactly what they've been allowed to get away with, and enriching themselves in that fashion? I don't I don't necessarily blame corporations as a general whole. What I blame is the the predatory mega corporations that know they can because there's there's corporations out there that get a, it's sort of like okay walk with me on my analogy here okay. If you follow racing at all, everybody's cheating, right? Everybody's cheating. Now, great racing dynasties just cheat the best and the most and are fabulous at cheating, okay? I don't mind, you know, trying to get an edge, trying to get a competitive edge. But when you have these corporations that not only have a competitive edge, they have the market. And can do basically whatever they want and choose to bilk entire generations out of their future. Mm, there's a line in there somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but there's a line in there somewhere where it just crosses over to, ah, 
we're not going to screw the American people. We're not going to screw the country. We're not going to screw the world in general. We're going to screw the world in general for generations. That's the part where you just look at it and go, somehow we've taken a turn. No argument. But I guess where I'm going with this is, is where is the incentive for them not to do so? We all want to talk about, you know, government control, government regulations, but there's also government subsidies that you have to think about there. There's government tax breaks, but we're using them to help enrich people versus helping to progress the world. I am, I am every bit a capitalist. I personally think the whole idea of going full socialist or full communist is, is, is one of the most detrimental things under the sun. But you do need some some level of regulation in capitalism, but it has to be done in a way that it's not penalizing people for innovation. It's not penalizing people for success, but it is encouraging people to play by the rules. Here comes the other example, because it actually comes down to the... Uh, a, a tweet that Yepik sent us, which was about gas prices. Mm. Now, the, saying that it wasn't purely inflation, that it was a lot of corporate greed. Of course, it's a lot of corporate greed. You've got uh, the U.S. government right now doubling down on the fact that it will not continue to produce oil, that it's not going to continue to promote oil. In fact, what, what's the date in which all cars have to be electric? Coming up, like, in the next decade or so, like 2034 or something like that? Sure. I can't remember what the exact date is, but there's a date in which there's an expectation that all cars being manufactured will be electric at that point in time. Yeah, I think it's uh, 2030-something. I, I can't remember exactly what but, it is, but, but uh, yeah. But obviously, the oil companies are trying to make as much money as they can right now. That's, what, that's their reaction to this. So why are we not looking at these guys and saying, look, we need to make a change in some fashion, form, or the other. Why don't we, rather than subsidizing greed, why don't we subsidize the innovation of you guys coming up with an alternative? Because it doesn't pay as much in the short term. I mean, that's the... No, that's but, the but, but see, that's my point. Real we're not, we're, is, is, and that's what I mean by government incompetence. Everything is about how much money can I make right now, and it's not just the corporations, it's the government, it's the different senators, it's the different Congress people. Uh, everything is about what can I take right now. You know, I, I honestly think, and, and I think a lot about this, um, our, our friend Beef has it right about this, only he wasn't talking about it. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean. No, no, that's, that sounds perfect, Beef. Uh, our, our buddy beef says one of the, one of the problems with social media is that there's no accountability. You say things online because there's no repercussions. You wouldn't, that you wouldn't say to somebody right in front of your face because you get punched in the mouth, right? Again, (laughs) accountability, right? Um, I think the government's largely the same way. They do these things because there's no accountability. You can't you can't be taken to task about it because the entire government would have to fall if you did. It's very rare when something actually gets sent down and followed all the way down and there's there's a, 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 a repercussions for something somebody in the government has lied, cheat, stolen, or or corrupted themselves uh, uh, doing. Look, if you want to take it to an extreme, the Justice Department has documented proof right now of uh, Uncle Joe accepting money and bribes from foreign countries through his son. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's unequivocal. And I love that that uh, master of BS, Jen Psaki, just just goes, well, he Hunter doesn't work for the government. Next question. You're like, (laughs) hey, wow. Neither does she anymore. (laughs) She went she went to MSNBC. I cannot think of a better place for her. Now I don't have to. (laughs) It's fantastic. You know, Um, 
I, I know I'm coming at this from a million different directions. I guess what I'm sitting here complaining about today is is um, we have a model of something that could work, but we're not working it. It's whether you want to call it a lack of accountability or just, as I keep saying, downright incompetence. Um, think about the top of your head, the two senators that are right now pushing the most against corporations and corporate greed. You've got Elizabeth Warren, who is a documented, who's documented as fraudulently getting herself into college. Okay. <laughs> By claiming to be an indigenous person. Mm, yes. An indigenous person of Europe, perhaps, but uh, not. <laughs> well, at the time, they would have said Native American, but I don't want to be politically incorrect. I mean, that would just be terrible. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've never done that here. And then you've got Bernie Sanders, who is himself a rich old fart. Yep, yep. I would, I would say that's his classification. <laughs> okay. So these are your two people who are pushing against corporations. Then take a step down into Congress. You've got, uh, you know, the leader of the squad, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's being taken to task right now because she's jumping up and down and celebrating how wonderful job she did in helping uh, get Amazon unionized in New York when the person... Wait, who... the one she didn't even show up for? Exactly. And the yeah. worst part about it is, is the, the people in in charge of the union and Amazon are calling her out for it. They're all just standing there going, oh, yeah. why are you claiming credit? You didn't even show up. Yeah, don't stand in front of the parade saying we did it when you weren't here. And <laughs> honestly... And, and went, to a, went to the Met Gala instead. Oh, yeah. You know, like, okay. And, and then I think the, the reason they gave her or the reason they gave him that she couldn't show up is she's not doing appearances anymore. And then she did the Met Gala. And then uh, when they called her on it online, she's like, that's not even my district. And it's like, actually, those workers who work in that warehouse do live in your district. You know, like these are your constituents. And it's just... I think she's once you're part of the elite class and and part of that whole system, I think you realize very, very quickly that the rules no longer apply to you. And like they they realize they are Neo in the Matrix, like they can do anything. Right. It doesn't matter. And where I'm coming down on this and what I'm complaining about is, is the fact that the idea and the system of capitalism is not the problem it's the assholes that we have running it at the moment well you know you could argue that same thing about almost any system you know like socialism would work great except for all the people running it you know communism works fantastically except for the people running it actually that's that you know you've got an excellent point and i will definitely give you that because hell my main complaint about socialized medicine is is that i don't want the government deciding what procedures i can and can't have yeah I mean, it's it's just I mean, if it wasn't for all those assholes running it, the government would be great. You know, it's like, well, yeah, like on paper, it's fantastic. It's just all these dickheads deciding for you who the, the it doesn't apply to them. Right. Like when they were all doing the, the, the health care thing and it didn't apply to anyone making the rules like they didn't have they had a fantastic health plan. Our health plan that they were deciding for us sucked. Right. So. Of course. Which they are still out there telling you is awesome. Right. I, I You're just – you wind up scratching your head, and uh, you wonder how bad it has to get. Or I wonder how bad it has to get before people snap out of it. And I, I truly believe it won't happen. And this is why I think your timeline is off. Oh, no, um, I, I'm actually starting to double down on my timeline. I, I think your timeline's off because there's too many people who are comfortable. I think it has to get bad enough that people are are not only uncomfortable, but uncomfortable and hopeless for something to snap bad enough in this country for us to to eject the the elite class. I was listening to an interview this last week with a guy who was a financier for he, – he's basically helped fund just about every tech startup that you can think of. He had, he put money into uh, Facebook when they got started. He got put money into WhatsApp when they got started. He put money into Twitter when they got started, all of this stuff. 
and he and despite the fact that that's how he's made all of his money and how he got to be as rich as he is he is one of the people who is uh just out there just talking about how terrible social media is these days uh and he he made an interesting one and it, and it was a comment that that was made that i kind of went oh shit this is obvious it was a talking about how the russians managed to hack into our elections and didn't do anything and the question was was why did they hack in announce that they hacked in but didn't actually do anything and my response was that's simple all they had to do was show that it was vulnerable all they had to do was announce we could fuck with this and whether they fucked with it or not, everybody was going to start believing they fucked with it. Everybody who lost was going to start pointing at and saying it's because they fucked with it. And that's exactly what's going on. And that's kind of where my timetable is coming from. You already have Nancy Pelosi on national TV screaming about we can't let, not, not we need to be, we can't let the Republicans take over the house because democracy will come to an end they've been screaming that everybody all the parties have been screaming but it's that getting, it, it's it's starting to ramp up so it if the house changes hands which it looks like it's going to come thing it's gonna there you're gonna have to start people start screaming that they didn't lose it was stolen from them we've already had people have no hesitation to storm into the government just because they thought that this dumbass Trump uh, had the election stolen from him. It's going to continue to get worse. Oh, I don't doubt that it's going to continue to get worse. And, and we'll been... have unrest and some riots. Absolutely, we are. We're, we're going to. Um, what, what I'm having trouble with is it's bad enough. Because there's people, people – march on the streets and take up arms and really do a revolution when they feel that they have nothing to lose. We still have too many Americans who are comfortable right now. I really think that. Um, I don't think we as a country rebel ideologically. I think we, we rebel when it got, when it, when they stop, when we're close, I'll give you this. We're close. I think it'll happen in our lifetime, but, um, I think they don't rebel until the government gets so heavy-handed and uncaring that they just go, what are they going to do? And just uh, finally move to 1984. And I think we're closer to that than you think we are. I think we're I think we're differing on opinion on when I think it's going to happen. Be, because the other thing is is that I, I don't think you had the opportunity to experience was uh, walking around uh, D.C. Uh, seeing – National Guard people with M16s on the side of the road. And that was and, America. And yep, and that, fences, that did happen. And fences telling you where you couldn't couldn't go. I And I, I think and I think that gets worse next time. It's not going to be better next time. It's going to get worse. So the question is is how fast does it get worse? I think it's going to get to the point where I, I personally think the state of, the city of DC is going to be a police state after the next uh, presidential election. Oh, no matter who wins, yeah, no exactly. for sure. It'll be it'll be under national guard lockdown for sure. And and, um, so, and the question is is how far does that go? Does it happen in LA? Does it happen in New York? Does it happen in Baltimore? Does it happen in Philadelphia? Does it happen in Chicago? Does it happen in Dallas? Yeah, I I wonder I wonder that myself. I think there will be some unrest, no matter who wins. Um, and, but, and my worry is is that they take the unrest and use it as the excuse to take over more uh, more overtly than they are than than we already are. That that's where things really start to turn into. We need to lock this down. We need to have control over people. Uh, th I mean, that's when that's about the time that there's going to start having uh, every, all everybody's ID be digital. That's when they're going to start having everybody's money be digital. Uh, they're going to have that control over people. When I think it's going to happen when you start declaring martial law. 
and once again, I think we're closer to that than you think we are. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of comfortable people right now. I think I think as long as they're still comfortable, even even when they have their rights, it's sort of like the frog in the water, right? Like even when it, it's getting hot, it, it's I, I I don't I don't see America. We're lazy. We're lazy. We are. Uh, as a people, we and, have gotten so lazy. And the worst part about it is, is I think that's what's going to do in the common person. The unrest is going to come from the same people who got up and did the BLM riots, the same people or who, who charged into the um, the Capitol building. Where I see us, and I think it's coming faster than I think you are, is uh, V for Vendetta when the when V is giving that speech of this is how it happened. Maybe. Maybe I, I but I, I still think that's further down the line. I I don't think they could grab control that fast uh, and make a show because the other thing they have to worry about. And this is this is why I think it'll take longer is you're right if it was just talking about the American people. But we have to project a certain image for the rest of the world. And I think that's they're. Essentially, they're worried about what the neighbors are going to say and, and our and, allies. And, and the worst part about it is, is our allies are already headed down that road. Look at Australia. Look at Britain. Look at Germany. And you may be right, but I, I don't think we're quite there yet. I, I don't think the, the – because if, – if, if it doesn't happen this presidential election cycle, I think we've got a total of four more years and then we're done. Mm, I give it longer than that. I I I agree. There's going to be unrest, and it will take. But the one thing we're missing is a great leader or a great voice crying out against it. We're missing that. And I when I and I say a great leader because. We got all kinds of leaders, and they're idiots. They're schmucks. We need somebody with a a super clarity of message and a clear communication of what the actual problem is that and, maintain and can't be bought. And I that's think, the problem. And I think we're closer to a statement of the election system is broken, therefore we're suspending elections temporarily. And you know how temporarily anything happens in our government. Yeah, it never goes back. Exactly. And I think we're closer to that, whether it happens this election cycle or the next one. Uh, I don't think they can do it. Legally, they can't even do it. <laughs> I mean, they can't They can't do that. They, they, I mean, they, legally, they can't. Do, if they do it, you're not, right. If you're is, right, if they suspend elections, you're right. The country's done. But, but I don't but, think they but, can. But where's the legally? What has stopped the the concept of legally hasn't stopped them yet. They've made that clear, and and it's one of the things that I blame Trump for is by showing them that they can get away with it. Mm, that's you know? an awful fuzzy line, man. Hey, I, I, mean, I don't know. You've already had the Senate deciding for themselves what is and is not constitutional without going to the Supreme Court. Marginally, but yeah, I, I give you that. Okay, you 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 have a justice department that has physical, documentable evidence of gross corruption from a sitting president. Yeah, that they will not act on. They will not act on. Yeah, no, hell, they do. Hell, now now here's the one I'll take as a as a as a stretch, but it is an interesting thought process. The one of the reasons why we're all so excited about what's going on in the Ukraine is because they're hoping that Zelensky is going to get killed before he can actually have anything to say about what happened with Biden. Mm -hmm. As I said, that one's a stretch. Well, yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch. Actually, the one that I don't find is a stretch. What I think is kind of interesting is one of the reasons why they're actually. Um, putting the screws to all the oligarchs and from Russia, so they're hoping one of them steps up and kills Putin. <laughs> that one I buy. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get rid of him. I, he, he strikes me as a, a, I mean, he's a paranoid schizophrenic, you know, uh, he's, he's behaving very paranoid schizophrenic right now. He is, he is not going to let that happen. Oh. Um, but on a happier note, we have another Sean was right. 
Oh, do we? Yes, we do. I had a close friend of mine who I will say is a very, very strong, capable woman who responded back to the uh, complaint that you had gotten about your whole toxic masculinity thing, who said, and and wait a minute, I have to pull this up because it's a good quote, and I'm sure she will appreciate it. And as I'm trying to find oh, here we go. Tell Sean I'm all about women being equal, but it's not toxic to want to take care of your wife. What is toxic, and she's talking about her own child's uh, uh, relationship at the moment, is hoping your girlfriend will get her first paycheck soon so you can spend her money on something you want while missing work regularly with no sick pay left. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that probably would have never occurred to me. That's not uh, that's not how that worked. It's <laughs> and I, you know, it's weird because I've of all the things I've said on this cast, I've had more women poke their head out of the sand uh, about that particular topic, telling me I'm full of shit. Um, than most of which is weird because I was like, that's the button, really, guys. Um, but I like, oh no, you shouldn't make decisions for. I'm like, I wasn't. <laughs> Who's trying to make a life? Uh, and what's weird is Shannon got it. She's like, "Hey, you know, I'm bringing this, and you bring that, and and we'll meet in the middle." And well, and but there's there's a word for that. It's called a relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like and and you know more about our relationship and stuff that we can't say on this cast uh, well, about but, Shannon and I's relationship. That. But but a relationship is. I mean. We're not standard. That's well, all I'm saying. Yeah, but but even even standard or not, a relationship is two people having agreed upon roles, and bringing something to contribute to that relationship. Now that doesn't necessarily have to be what it was traditional in the '50s or even traditional today. It just has to be, as you said, agreed upon. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, my mom has a very, you know, like she lived for a long time, a 1950s housewife existence because they that's just the way her and my dad agreed to do it. Now, I was never going to do that with my wife. Um, I that's not the way we live. That's not the way she wanted to go. And, and we very quickly kind of settled on the plan that we wanted to have. And but one of those plans, I guess with a modern lens can be viewed as as you know patriarchal and and uh toxic but i just never really felt that way about it and i guess yeah, that's coming yeah, from the guy I, who did it and but. the worst part about it is is i will take exception to the idea that even it's patriarchal and toxic because you didn't tell shannon what she had to come to the relationship with that would be patriarchal and toxic what yeah. you did was make sure that you had something worthwhile to offer to the relationship yourself. And that's really where I was coming from. Like, it, look, but, I need to bring but, it, but you so know, that, that's not patriarchal or toxic. That's called be contributing to your family. I viewed it that way. I have found, as I have explained that situation to other people I know uh, of not my generation, that they do not view it that way. And I, I'm very surprised by that. Um, Every 20-something, since I've been talking about this, every 20-something I've – 20-something, let me refine that. 20-something woman I have talked to about that, they look at me like I just stepped in something shitty, you know, (laughs) Uh, like whatever. Like I I get one or two reactions like, yeah, you should pay for her and treat her like a queen. I'm like, yeah, but she's not one. Like there are 50 sitting monarchs in the world, and I guarantee you none of them live here. Um, you know, uh, and and like she should pay for nothing, or how dare you, uh, you know, assume her 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 role or something? And I'm like, you know, relationships don't really like work like that. And now I will say that every 20-something woman that I have talked to about that who has reacted in that way, A, cannot keep a boyfriend <laughs> or relationship going of any length longer than like – Well, and uh, the, the other thing is like they 
they look at me like I'm some kind of old fashioned person by suggesting that maybe someday they would want a family, not will have, but would want a family or a spouse or somebody in their lives like that. So maybe it's just an age, you know, but I, I don't remember feeling like that at any age. So I, well, I don't know. It's a new thing. Look, we, we... We've discussed it before, and it is one of those things that has been somewhat contentious from time to time with some of our listeners, which is the suggestion that the younger generations have a difference between dealing with the way they want the world to be versus the way the world is. The oh, way, for sure. You know, yeah. deciding between how they think should be things are and the objective fact of how they really are. I would also suggest to you that the boomers have the same denial problem. Oh, no, uh, no, no, no argument. No, argument. Uh, both, <laughs> both groups seem to look at this and just like be in complete denial on how it really works well, I, now I, in denial in different ways completely, but both of them are in denial. Well, I, I absolutely hate reality TV shows. And I, and I, I mean things like the competitive ones, Bachelor, etc. My oh, yeah. wife, on the other hand, loves them, especially the ones that are very competitive, like Big Brother and Survivor. Um, and it was the funniest thing. Before I left for work today, my wife was uh, watching the first episode of the latest Survivor, and I... Oh, I, I spent the whole time just laughing my brains out. I may have to watch this season just to see how this bullshit plays out because none of these twits are like the first season of Survivor where you have a grizzled old Navy SEAL trying to survive. This was a bunch of Gen Z and the worst sorts of millennials with a couple of older people all sitting around whining and it was the funniest thing I've seen in the longest time. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I I can also relate to hating the the garbage TV of reality TV. So you know the one I re resent more than anything else, though. I can tell you this: American Idol. I am firmly <laughs> of the opinion that American Idol has ruined music in this country because that's. That's now how they look at how music should be done. It's like, oh, I I go on this show and they tell me whether I can do music or not. Or now you're famous. Or now you can do this or that or whatever. And it's like that's not how bands – like Leonard Skinner wasn't like that. You know, D take any any band. It doesn't matter. Well, like but, you, but see, you got good by sucking for years and trying to be better. <laughs> Well, and and you weren't like nobody waved a wand and said, now you're a band, you know, now you're a singer. You're like, that's not how this should work. And we had so much better. And I, I realize this is an old fucker saying this, but we had better <laughs> music in the 80s, 70s, 80s and 90s than they do now. Oh, no. But, but see, it's just uh, but it's funny how much of this stuff these days is coming up off of YouTube and the Internet, not even from American Idol and the actual record labels. And here comes the funny part. It all sounds like shit we grew up with. My I daughter know. was playing her phone in the car on her way to and from Philly yesterday. And I'm sitting here listening to the music. And all of a sudden I had to hit the button and, and, and uh, look at my wife and go, it, it, it's amazing. All of this stuff sounds like um, 80s alt pop and <sighs> or British punk. Oh yeah, there's I mean, a. Uh... I mean, I, I'm I started playing things like um, the Clash for my daughter and saying, "Can you tell if this is modern or not?" You know, I, playing things like um, Oingo Boingo. I mean, her music sounded just like it was ripped off of Oingo Boingo. There is a uh, well, and my daughter's in love with like um, the Clash and Queen. Like she's a Queen freak. She loves Freddie Mercury. Which I mean, if you're gonna pick one, Freddie Mercury is amazing. You oh, know. Um, like she, she loves the cult. Uh, she's got, she, she, she went through, we have a, a big, um, um, but, but all of my daughter's thing. modern music, all stuff. Oh yeah. It sounds from, like the eighties. It, so, yeah, it sounds, sounds like, just like new that. wave eighties. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, for my media recommendation, I didn't actually have one until about 30 seconds ago oh, when oh, I remembered oh, this. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you this just because you're going to kick out of this one. The other one that I kept so that I played for her just because just we'll piss off Shannon is uh, Safety Dance. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love Men Without Hats. <laughs> I do, I do the safety dance for her and sing it all the time. She hates, she hates that song. Oh, she hates that song. Uh, but I mean, like you, uh, there's a, uh, my daughter has raided. We have a, a big, um, I don't know, wardrobe looking thing. It's like a, it's not a media center, but it's like this thing with a bunch of drawers. It's tall. It's like a wardrobe type deal. And she raided. Uh, we that's where we keep all our CDs and we refuse to throw them away, even though we have most of it on MP3 now and stuff like that. But it's it's like a thing. It's like I I paid 20 bucks a, a CD for a lot of those damn things. You know, like you remember the time. Oh, hell yeah. And she's rated. I, I a bunch. Like, most of mine for Columbia House. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, oh, this seems like a deal. All right, let's uh, pay ship. Uh, how much does that actually work out to? All right, well, let's see if we can scam this stuff a little bit, you know? Anyway, um, I would, uh, you know, she she's like, Dad, do you have any more like this? I'm like, oh, baby, you have no idea. How, what do you like? Well, I like that cult CD you gave me, and I have the greatest hits of Queen, and I'm like, come with me. You know, here's the clash. Give that a listen. And while you're at it, here's here's the uh, uh, erasure. You'll like that. And here is okay. You like this? Okay, here. This is a little bit different, but here, try this and this. And here's Bon Jovi Crossroads. You'll like that. And here's the. And she just she goes in her room and just it's like holy, sh- this is great music, Dad. I'm like, I know. <laughs> this is this is like before your time, but yes, you're you're gonna dig it. So she's. She goes to school with all this music, like she has me rip it for her, and she goes to school with all this music on her phone. And she's like, "You guys are never gonna hear you like like you're saying like Oingo Boingo and you know like uh, what did I rip for the other day? The Alan Parsons Project. Oh God! <laughs> I'm like, I'm like this is catchy ass stuff, Dad. I'm like, yes, I know. <laughs> Just picture Rutger Hauer riding a large back black oh. stallion across the field. Oh my God! It's like I'm like it's Lady Hot, you know. And it's like the weirdest thing. It's sort of like when Queen did Highlander. You're like, well, it kind of works, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Parsons doing Lady Hawk, and you're just like, well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> it's a good thing Matthew Broderick and you, fucking Michelle Pfeiffer are in you this. You got cause... George Lucas doing John Williams, and you've got yeah. Lady Hawk doing the Alan Parsons project. <laughs> like, well, okay, <laughs> it sort of it sort of works. Um, but there was a fantastic – I saw it on TikTok, and I was like, what is this? And um, there's a there's a group called Deco, D-E-C-E-O, or D-E-C-O, Deco. And they, they, they do modern or modern-ish songs, but like they're from the 80s. And they did one of Bittersweet Symphony from The Verve, only 80s new wave style. I swear to God, it's the best song I've heard in years. <laughs> like, I don't know who these kids are, but I'm down. Like, whatever, whatever you want to do, uh, I'm mean, like, like they did, uh, and they'll they'll reverse it too. They'll do like stuff from the '70s and punch it up to the '80s. So they did like uh, Big Yellow or Yellow Taxi by Johnny Mitchell, punched uh-huh. it up into the '80s, and I was like, this may be my favoriteest thing I've heard in years. So I've been I've been downloading everything they've they've done. It's it's fucking amazing. But you're right. My daughter cannot tell a difference between something that's recorded very recently and and old school stuff. Like uh, if you just play it cold for her. Actually, the one who concerned the fact that I've got the daughter who is all into LGBTQ issues, the one that I played for her that she has absolutely just gone absolutely ape shit over is Lola from the Kinks. <laughs> you're like i got some stuff for you here (laughs) if you like that oh god but if you want to go up a decade here's four non-blondes here check that out (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that shit. Oh, like I, I was playing what did I play the other day, and, and Kayla's like, "Who is? Where were we? We were in a skating ring." And, and Kayla skates over to me, kind of teeters over to me. And she's like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "What? What are like?" I didn't know she was talking about the music. She's like, "What is this?" And I'm, "Oh, yeah, this is Erasure." <laughs> Always, I want to be with you, and I'm like. This this is erasure. Yeah, I have the seat. Do you have the? Because that's always the second question. Do you have it? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I not only have this album, I have the one afterwards. You know, or um, God, what was it that she heard the other day? Um, she saw a video, like a clip of a video playing at the skating ring, and she's like, "Who is that?" And I'm like, I look around. I'm looking for somebody skating with us. And she's like, no, 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 the video. Who is that? And I saw like two seconds of it, and that's all I needed to see. She's like, I'm like, oh, you like that? She's like, that woman has the most style I've ever seen. I'm like, do you know who it is? I'm like, Shirley Manson? Yeah, I know who (laughs) Shirley Manson is. I Remind me when we get home to look up garbage for you. <laughs> I think I have every CD they ever did. <laughs> you know, like, but they don't have the same shit now. Like, they don't. I don't know. It's it's weird. And I know I realize that's from a forty-five-year-old man saying music isn't as good as when I was a kid. But it's it's like okay, you know, like I can. <laughs> I mean, I realize it sounds ridiculous, and I yes, I am an old man, and I yes, I do like my music better. But come on, man, they have some awesome shit. Anyway, I'll quit being nostalgic and crappy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Well, since I know you have to make dinner, and I have to order dinner, why don't we call <laughs> that our recommend our media recommendation of the week? Go listen to some old music. Damn right. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Just like 40 years of awesome, right? If, if you want a woo woman, just throw some Barry White and Marvin Gaye at her. You'll be just fine. I would also recommend Boys to Men, strangely Ooh, enough. Yes. No, no, no. I have to agree with you, dude. Yeah. That, that's that's going to work out for you. Yeah. I, I, as I said, I tend to go a little bit further back. <laughs> well, you got to remember, Boys to Men, that was 90s. That was 30 years ago in some cases. <laughs> like you can you can roll back to the 90s and that was quite a ways <laughs> yes thank you for reminding me <laughs> you still there did i lose you nope i'm oh, still okay. here i was <laughs> just i thought that was a wonderful cut <laughs> well then uh same ending as usual if we're still around next week we'll talk to you then